today we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 20. Chapter 20. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew, first book of the New Testament, chapter 20. So Lord, we thank you for this time. Uh, we pray that your spirit will move supernaturally today. Lord, we pray that as we read the scriptures and we talk about Easter and what, what, what is it that is all about Easter, we ask you speak to us, you grow us in our faith. We thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God and a good God, and you know we pray, amen. Now, before I get into the message, real quick, Easter's coming up, so we're going to have egg hunt, food, uh, we're going to have some brisket, some ham, man, I'm excited, um, face painting, uh, games, so please invite your friends, tell your, 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 your non-believers to come out to at least get some free food, you know, um, and also we want to encourage you guys, hey, we want to... We expect a ton of kids to be here. We're going to have an egg hunt. I might put like a, a $100 bill on one of them. Nah, I'm joking. You know, hey, I don't want to do it. Joke, psych. No, but I want to encourage you guys to, for the next two weeks, bring, can you guys bring some eggs filled with some candy? You know, uh, make sure it's not like chocolate because I guess it melts. Not in your mouth, it makes it hand. No nuts. No coconuts. No, no fun. <laughs> I love nuts. So no chocolate, no nuts, gluten-free candy. What is even that? What's a gluten-free candy? That sucks. Bring a carrot then. I'm joking. So just spill it. You know, she's a teacher. You can tell she's a teacher. So, hey, no nuts, you know, no chocolate. Just bring them. Fill. Make sure you don't put any of those uh, fillers, you know, those little, like, uh, uh, confettis. Because then when they're open, going to make a mess, and I got to clean it up. Actually, no, my kid's going to clean it up. So... Just bring them. So bring as many as you can. This, next weekend, uh, and, 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 and on Easter too, bring them out, give them to me, one of the leaders, and we'll set them up. We want to have a, a ton of eggs, so people will come out there and just have fun, you know, so it'll be good. And, yeah, and invite your friends. I'm really bad at this stuff. Invite your friends. Tell everybody, everybody. Matter of fact, don't tell everybody. Tell everybody about coming to Austin Chapel to hear the message of the resurrection. Okay? Cool. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I'm getting, uh, getting ready to go. I'm excited about today. Woo, baby, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited about this message. Let me ask you, let's start with this question. How do you know, how do you know the following Jesus is worth it? How do you know the following Jesus is worth it? You know, there are people in our life right now, we all have these people, they kind of question, it's like, man, whatever you're doing, you're wasting your time. Whatever you're doing, you're wasting your time, you probably belong to a cult, you know, they're tripping, they try to brainwash you, and you understand that following Jesus requires things that we got to do, right? We got to give up our time, we got to give up our money, we got to pray for people we don't want to pray for. We got to forgive people we don't want to forgive. Why? We got to do all these things, and we got we to gotta just give all this stuff, you know, to the church, in a sense, to Jesus. Why? We got to give up all these things. And some of your friends, some people say, man, I don't even know what you do, what do you do, because me not being a Christian, I even have more, more fun than you do. I even enjoy myself with you. You see me a little stressed, Right? You don't look different than my life. 
So you have to be 100% committed. You have to be 100% convinced in your heart and in your, and in your, your mind that, man, following Jesus is worth it. And as we head into Easter, Easter for us Christians is one of the biggest uh, holidays because it's when he resurrected. Even though I love Christmas, I think Easter's up there because Jesus resurrected, right? So we have to know as Christians, we have to be 100% sure that, man, is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth following? And when I say worth it, I'm not talking, I'm talking about the way the Bible says to do follow Jesus. I'm not talking about just pick and choose this kind of, this kind of relationship or this kind of religion. No, no, I'm talking about being committed 100% to Jesus and do it the way that Jesus wants us to do it. 100% committed. Like, let me give you a sample. So I, real, I realized a few things in my life. One is that my daughter, she's 14, she's not a little kid no more. Right? So she growing. She thinks she ground out, but she growing. So we had the conversation, and this conversation I hate. She said, Daddy, when can I start dating? When can I start dating? And she asked us, like, hey, our pops, when, she, Daddy, when you mom start dating? I said, don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Stop asking those questions. But I asked, I asked her, I said, hey, let me ask you a question, baby. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about my, my message, and I said, if you had a, a boyfriend or some, and if you had him from five days a week, right? You probably heard this before, five days a week, and he had another girlfriend for two days a week, would you be cool with that? She's like, nah, daddy, nah. I said, well, you're going to have him five days a week? Five days is cool. You can pick any day you want. She's like, nah, daddy, nah. I want, I want him not five days a week. I said, how about six days a week? Six days a week, you pick the days you want. One day, he has another girl, and he has away. That's, a, that's not good, actually, father advice, but I'm trying to make a point here. She said, no, daddy, I want him all the time. I said, of course. And that's reasonable, right? She wants him seven days a week, 100%. So what is more reasonable than Jesus wants you 100% of your time? 100%. He wants you to be committed 100%. It's not reasonable. And I tell you why. So the question is, is it worth following Jesus? Is it worth giving my life to him? Is it worth being committed? I tell you, yes, it is. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. Because the fact that he rose from this, he's, everything, he prom- everything he promised, everything he said is going to happen. It's going to be true. And as we look into Easter, and our pastor is going to talk about resurrection, today what we're going to look at this is like, is it worth following Jesus? And why is that? If he rose from the dead, that everything he said is true, that everything he said for you is true, that God's going to come through for you. Let me read this to you real quick. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, And if Christ is not risen... Your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Man, think about this. If Jesus is dead, man, we shouldn't even do this anymore. We shouldn't have come to church, right? We shouldn't even read the Bible, right? Why? Because that means you're still in your sins. In order for you to be saved, someone had to die for your sins, raised from the dead, that you might be saved. So if Christ's not risen, your faith is futile. But the fact of the matter is that he is alive. Can I get an amen? He is alive today. So today we're going to look at four, we're going to look at four evidence. It's more than four. Why is Jesus alive? Why he has risen from the dead? 
because you have to be percent, you have to be a hundred percent convinced. And I keep saying this because you have to be a hundred percent convinced that he's worthy of your hundred percent commitment, and that he's alive today. He's alive today because he wants a relationship with you, not your version, but his version of a relationship. All right, okay. So turn to Matthew chapter twenty. First point, we know he's alive because he said he will rise from the dead. Simple. We know he's alive because he said he will rise from the dead. Matthew 20, 17, says, Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, I'm going up to Jerusalem, the son of man will be betrayed with the chief priest and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, to crucify him, and on the third day, he will rise again. Jesus said, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be betrayed by that brother, right? I'm going to be denied by that brother right there, right? I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. I'll be, I'll be stabbed on my side. I'm going to get messed up, and I'm going to die. But, man, that's crazy. But he says, but on the third day, I'm going to rise again. On the third day, I'm going to rise again. If he can keep the promise that he made, that he will rise again on the third day. He can keep every promise that he has made to you. Every single promise. You know, I was talking to somebody, somebody you probably heard this before. It says, if Jesus and God are so good, why is the world so messed up? You, you guys ever heard that? You raise your hand if you heard that. Right, right, right. Or another thing, what about this one? And Jesus can do, <clears throat> sorry. And Jesus can do anything. Why am I having so much trouble? Why am I having so much drama? Why am I having so much issues? You ever thought of that? Right? Because what? Our premise is wrong. Your premise is wrong. What I mean by that premise is to believe or assume to make your assumption on. In this case, it's my assumption is God can do everything. Therefore, this shouldn't happen. It's not true. God can do everything. God can't lie. Right? God can't break a promise. God cannot defy his own character. God cannot not be holy. So we have another promise. Then if he's holy, I should experience no pain, no struggles, no issues. You know, our premise is wrong. Because God is not in the business of making us happy. God is not in the business of making us happy. He's in the business of making us holy and purifying our souls. That's what he's all about. He's not here to make us happy and to give what we want. Man, if God was doing that, I probably, you know, I don't know what I've been. But God, God, his job is not to make us happy. It's to make us holy, to purify us, so we can have a relationship with him, so we continue to grow and trust him. See, we live in a fallen world. Well, opportunities die, relationships die, you know, a healthy case. 
But the truth of the matter is can God can get you through anything in life. That's just a fact. If God made you a promise to forgive your sins, no matter what the devil says, he will forgive your sins. If God made you a promise to not never leave you or forsake you, no matter what the devil says, guess what? He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. If God made a promise that all the blessings in heavenly places are given to you, no matter what the devil says, guess what? God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of them. Everything that he said he will do, he is doing. Everything he said here, I'm going to do, I'm continuing to do today. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And this is true. So in that case, it means that he is worthy of all my time, all my commitment, everything to Jesus. Because you know why? He rose from the dead. And that's the truth. That's the truth that we have to. It is crazy how we give our lives to flawed people, but not to a perfect Jesus. Not to a perfect Jesus. Second point. We know he rose from the dead because the empty tomb was reported by women, not by men. True story. Here we go. Hear me out here. Hear me out. First, let's talk about the tomb before we talk about the women. I don't want to get in trouble right now. So there was a group of Jewish leaders called the Sanhedrin, right? They were made up of about 70 of them, and there were elders, scribes, and plus one, it was the president, right? And they were in charge of all the judicial, all the issues for the Jews around that time. But one of them, and those are the ones who actually voted to crucify Jesus. But one of them, his name is um, Joseph of Arimathea, right? We believe he was a believer. He was a Christian. He said, nah, man, I don't want to crucify Jesus. But what is so important about him is that he actually gave out his tomb. He gave, he gave out his tomb for Jesus. And why is that important? Because Joseph of Arimathea was actually a very known individual around the time. So everybody knew who he was, and everybody knew where the tomb was. Everybody knew where the tomb was. So it wasn't like in a secret place. Right? So he, he, Pilate went ahead and went and got his best armies, like Chuck Norris type of fellas, right? Went in there to guard the tomb, to guard a dead body. They sealed it. Then he put a little signature on there, like nobody can come in. And guess what? Angel came in and bam, knocked him out. Right? And rolled away, and Jesus was risen. But to this day, if you go to Jerusalem, that's the most... People, uh, we've, heard, we've heard people, I've never been to Jerusalem, but uh, some of our uh, pastors been, and they say, when you go to Jerusalem, they actually, the most visited place to go is to an empty tomb when nobody's there. And everybody do this. They go like this. They go, oop, I know he's not there. And they leave. That's crazy. But that shows us an evidence that Jesus is risen. You go into the tomb, you go, hmm, yeah, nobody's there for show. And the fact of the matter is, that if you go to the Jerusalem, the empty tomb. You know why? Because he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. Amen to that? Now, second point. Why are the women report the women? Now, let me disclaimer. What I'm about to say, again, sweat of you, is not what Austin Chapel or Pastor Stephen has believed. This is what was back then. All right? We don't believe this today, but it was back then. So this is not our beliefs. This is what they thought about women back then. I'm saying like three times. 
Because some of you are going to be mad at me, be like, man, that's messed up. You guys, you're, you're sexist. No, no, no. This is what they believed back then. So let me read it. They believed that good wives, that, that women were good wives or a problem back then. Jews believed that women were weak back then. That they were responsible for all sin in, the, in, in, this, in the humankind back then. Their testimony was not valid in court back then. They used to say a prayer, and I'm not going to lie, I said this prayer like five times. It was like, thank you, God, that you not make me a woman. And I said this prayer because my wife was having kids. And that was like the most horrifying thing I ever experienced in my life. Man, it sucked, yo. Like if, if men, men, and probably Aaron can testify, if men had kids, we have, there'd be no population. There'd be just with dogs. Man, I remember this. My wife is like the last one. It was crazy. I was like, I was about to faint. The, 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 the nurse is like, hey, hey uh, Mr. Kobe, you're like, you're like a big dude. So if you're going to fall, man, fall into the couch. Because she was like pushing this individual on her body. And, and then like, and then the, the, the nurse was like, you don't need an epidural. And I'm like, oh, I guess she doesn't. So she did it with the epidural. And then she's like, hold the leg. And I'm like, why am I holding this leg? It was nasty. That was crazy. I mean, I was traumatized. I mean, really, man, women, are, they, they're pretty, pretty strong. They're pretty, I give them props for that. I wouldn't do it. No. So why is it so important, right? Because back then, since they weren't, they weren't you know, their, their testimony wasn't submissible in court. And the fact that it was written is because it was true. Because it was true. And the Bible, so the Bible, the Bible tends to say things that are true and actually happen. Where the Bible says David was, was an adulterer, but he was after God's own heart, right? Why he said that in the Bible? Why they wrote that in the Bible? Because it was true. Moses, the most humble man on the earth, killed an Egyptian. Why was it in the Bible? Because it was true. So why would, why, why would Jesus would use their testimony? Guess what? Because it was true. Because it was true. Let me read here something. Uh, Mark 16, 1 to 7. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, the mother of James, and Salome brought pieces of spices that might come to anoint him very early in that morning. And on the first day of the week, they came, they came to the tomb where the sun had risen. And they said to him among themselves, Man, who rolled away the stone from the door to the tomb for us? They looked up and they saw the stone was rolled away. And it was a very large and entering the tomb. And they saw a young man clothed with a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he has risen and is not here. Listen to that. He is risen and he's not here. See the place where they laid him. But they go and tell the disciples and Peter that he's going to, before to you in Galilee so you can see him again as he said to you. As he said. Interesting. So they come in, it's gone. Andrew says to them, hey, Jesus is risen 
as he said. In other words, Jesus kept his promise. The same thing can happen to you. Jesus can keep the promise in your life. Whatever he has said, he will keep it. He will not break it. It is crazy that the angels tell the, the, tell the women, right? Say, hey, go tell the story that Jesus is risen. As a matter of fact, can you give us a, a special message to my man, Peter? And I was realizing, man, that's, I wonder why he said that. You know, Peter did deny him like three times. He might have even encouraged. He said, man, I don't know that man. But he said, man, I want to give him a little special message to encourage him, to, to let him know that I love him. I am mad at you. I got mad love for you. That's what Jesus was trying to say. I am mad at you. I got mad love for you. And it doesn't matter what we've been going through or what you're dealing with. God loves you. God loves you. Amen? Third point. Eyewitness testimony affirm to the resurrection. Eyewitness testimony affirm the resurrection. John 13, 14 says, <clears throat> Jesus came, took bread, and gave it to them, and said, and, said, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Mm, after he was raised from the dead. Jesus is simply just, he just, he didn't just rise from the dead and just like appear to two women and that was it. Nah. It wasn't like he appeared and then he bounced and he was gone. He was ghost. No, it didn't happen. Jesus appeared to the disciples three times. Matter of fact, he stayed on the earth for 40 days, for 40 days. And this is a number of significance. I'm going to tell you why not. Because when God uses numbers, the number 40 is number of testing, Right? Is a period of time adequate for a decision to be made or a judgment to occur. So when, when, when God flooded the earth, right, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Noah built the ark, and it took him 120 years, which is three 40-year periods, right? Also, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, uh, tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, right? Moses lived three 40-year periods, right, the first 40 years, he was in Egypt. The second time, he was a shepherd. Then the third time, he was leading the Israel. Israel he was leading Israel, right? Also, too, Goliath talked trash for like 40 days and 40 nights, and to David whooped him, right? 40 days and 40 nights. When a woman is pregnant, they're pregnant for 40 weeks, right? So 40 is the, name of is the number of testing. That is interesting. Now, Jesus appeared to 500 people at one time. And told them, you see me, you touch me, you spoke to me, now go tell everybody. Go tell everybody. His disciples saw him three times. He ate with them. People saw Jesus a firsthand experience. Firsthand experience. It wasn't just a two less, like I said, saw him and, 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 um, and just bounce. No, people actually saw him. History records that. So why is it important? Because it's true. He is alive. And he's alive. He's alive. He's most alive when he's in your life. When you allow him to come into your life and let him transform you, that's when he's most alive. But Jesus is alive today. Can I get an amen? When he lives in you, he changes your life. 
He transformed you. If your life is not changed, it's not his fault. Because God, Jesus, is a life changer. That's what he does. He's a life changer. He wants you to walk with him. He wants to be part of your life. He wants to change our life. He wants to transform us. Don't miss that. Don't be walking around trying to do your own thing. Jesus wants you to do his thing. Amen? We get excited here, y'all. You can see. Life is, Jesus is a life changer. Jesus is a life changer. Here we go. Number four. We're about done. The Holy Spirit, we know, we know Jesus was raised from the dead because the Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us boldness as he has promised. As he has promised. The fact that the Holy Spirit is living and acting is another evidence that Jesus was raised from the dead. Because he said, most assuredly I say to you, John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I'll do, he will do also, and greater things will be done in that because, of my, my, because when I go to my Father. So Jesus said, when I go to heaven, when I'm raised from the dead, and I go to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to empower you. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you power. Acts 1a, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen, 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 church. Sunday is not about just coming in here and hanging out and eating some donuts. God, he says, I'm, I'm, I, I, I was dead. I was risen. Now I'm giving you power. Power to preach the gospel. Power to love people. Power to just share what I've done. Easter's coming. A lot of people will be wondering, what are we going to do with church? Guess what? Come to Austin Chapel to hear the message of the resurrection. Amen. He says, I'll give you power, and the power that I'm giving you is to purify you. It will change you, and you will impact someone else. And you will not get the credit, but Jesus will get the credit. Jesus said, evidence that I'm risen from the dead, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. You know, our pastor, he's an evidence that Jesus is, is risen from the dead. Because him going to Nepal... It wasn't because, hey, man, I want to take a vacation. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. Say, hey, man, I want you to go to Nepal so you can preach the gospel. I want you to go there so you can preach the gospel. When you pray for people, when you share the gospel, the power that is in you, because this is something that we don't do just because we want to do it. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that's what Jesus has done, and that's what Jesus continues to do because he's risen from the dead, and he's not dead anymore, but he's alive. Can I get an Amen. That's an evidence. When you encourage somebody, when you call somebody, say, hey, I feel like the Lord saying, I want to encourage you, and I want to pray for you. That's just the Holy Spirit living in you. That's not because, oh, man, I'm bored. That's another evidence that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. The fact that I'm excited here, and I'm sweating, because I know that Jesus is in me, and I'm so excited when you guys leave here today, and we got three weeks, like, man, I really want to live for Christ, I want to be committed to Jesus, and I want to see God do a miracle things in my life. 
You know, believe it or not, I haven't lost weight, but I've been fasting for like a ton of time, right? And the Lord is doing some crazy thing in my life and my family life. He's really turning us inside out in and showing us things that we have to work on. But man, God is moving. God is moving supernaturally because I want him, I want to be committed 100% to him. I want to be committed to him like crazy, like I've never been committed before. Because I want to see some miracles and crazy stories happen. And, and I know that Austin Chapel, God's going to use it for his glory. You know, we can look around and see, man, what's going on? It's not what we wanted to be, but God is just waiting for us just to explode. Can I get an amen? And I'm excited. Acts 9, 20, 31 says, Now the Lord considered their threats and enabled his servants to speak your word with great boldness. Can we say boldness? Say boldness. Boldness. Stretch your hand and heal to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they pray, after they pray, right, we got to pray. The place where the meeting was shaken. They were praying so hard. The one the one experience got so bad that this, the, the realm just went brr, brr, because they want Jesus, right? And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hmm. We're about done here. I'm going to get excited, though. God's going to do something crazy. I'm sweating here, and I don't care. Because these two weeks, I'm, waiting, I'm, I'm expecting the guys to do something crazy in our lives. Some crazy you've never seen before. Come on, baby. You might be the only individual or the first person that somebody will see the Bible in their life. And we have to be, man, we have to be on it. We have to be just, hey, I'm here to encourage you. Hey, you want to be around and say, hey, do you need prayer? I, I, I sense that something's wrong with you. I sense something. And somebody's, yeah, man, I want to pray. I didn't even know you were a Christian. It's all good. Our actions and words cannot be different than a non-believer, guys. Easter is coming. Jesus resurrected after the third day. We got to be different. We got to just shake things up. We got to look at the devil and be like, man, we're not, we're not standing for this anymore. We want to be different. We don't want to be just like the world. We got too many of those already. And this only comes by truly walking with God, praying, reading scripture, and trusting him. God will change lives. Man, I'm sweating here like crazy. Those lights, I hate those lights. We're done here, y'all. Take it out. We finish here. I'm gonna pray. I think I lost like five pounds right now, but I'm because I'm excited, dude. I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna be stingy here. I'm telling you, I'm excited because God's doing something crazy, and God's gonna do something amazing. And Easter's coming, and I keep saying that because Easter's here in two weeks, and the resurrected King is alive, and we gotta tell everybody that. Man, you gotta come to Austin Chapel to hear the message of the resurrected King. But we don't want to opt out the most powerful relationship that we can have. We don't want to opt out. We, wanna, we want Jesus to be in our hearts 24-7, seven days a week, because he is worth it of everything that we, that we have to offer him. He is worth it.
So as you guys leave today, it'd be like, is Jesus worth it? Yes, he is. Following Jesus is worth it. There's so many evidence, and I just share about four. The fact that we do church on Sundays is another evidence because he died and rose on Sunday. But the fact that he's alive today and he's working in your life. Jesus is alive and Jesus is real because he's working in your personal life. Let's say you don't look at any historical figures or any historical evidence in your, your life. You should know, man, Jesus is alive because he's working. Things that I do, things that I say, pray for people, I don't do it on my own. Jesus does it. So I would encourage you guys these two weeks to pray for a church, pray for Easter, and invite people to come to church. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that you are good and faithful, Lord God. And I get excited here and I'm all sweaty, Lord, but I don't care because, you know, you are alive and you are king of kings, lords, and lords. And we ask, Lord, that you move supernaturally in our church and we break any bondage in Jesus' name. And we ask that you bless this church and you grow it according to your perfect will, Father God. And that people be excited to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ being resurrected. We want to impact lives of people according to your perfect will. We don't want to take credit. We want to say glory to your name, Jesus, because we want to live for you 100%. We want to be committed to you, Lord Jesus. Help us and guide us as we continue every day. Uh, church is not just on Sundays. It's an everyday thing, Monday through Sunday, Father God. And we pray that we break bondages in our lives and we be different and we just share, share the gospel and change lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.